a millennial, a Gen Xer, and a boomer walk into a game store. This is not some kind of a joke. It is episode two of D50, Shades of D&D. I'm Todd, and with me are my co-hosts, James. Hey. And Rick. Gabba Gabba, hey. <laughs> and today we are here to talk about Blood and Treasure. Second uh, edition. Second edition. So, Rick, why don't you tell our multitudes of listeners all about Blood and Treasure? Well, uh, Blood and Treasure is yet another shade of D&D. Uh, it's by a guy named John Stater, John M. Stater. It is uh, much like Dungeon Crawl Classics, and let's if you're going to follow this show, you're going to hear DCC re- referenced a lot. But much like uh, Joseph Goodman and company took 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons, built upon that base, in some cases, you know, went back to like, why can't we do it like they did it in 1st or original edition? And then in some cases, why, why can't we do something from our house rules? I think Stater did the same thing with Blood and Treasure. He just, like, it's a reflection of his choices and his house rules rather than Goodman and Company's, you know, choices and house rules. Right. Uh, so I've always, uh, I love this game, and uh, I've always said if, if Dungeons & Dragons hadn't captured my heart first, I might have been uh, a thoroughly blood and treasure guy and been blood and treasure this and blood and treasure that. As is... Uh, you mean if Dungeon Crawl Classics hadn't? Yeah. 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 Sorry. I do not... I, I'm doing this unscripted, believe it or not. <laughs> So uh, in yeah, all the rehearsals leading up to this, I know all, all zero. You know, I, here's them. like the stack of pages of scripted notes, and I've just thrown it out the window. Uh, <laughs> so where were we? Oh yeah, Blood and Treasure. So it's it's based on third edition D and D, but it brings uh, several things back from uh, more classic versions of D and D, and there's some things there that you know might be I don't know. I don't think at this point anything is unique anymore. I think somebody out there probably does it the same way. But there's some, some fun things about Blood and Treasure, and I'm sure over the course of this episode we'll like come across a few. And John Stater, you said, has a yeah. impressive list of credentials. Yeah, so John Stater, uh, uh, specifically... Amongst the OSR crowd. Yeah, amongst the OSR. I remember very early on, again... I feel like I said this every episode, but very early on, uh, when I was checking out the OSR, uh, it was before G+, really, uh, took off. Uh, Blogger was, you know, our social network, and uh, uh, I always think of him as Matthew Stater because he has Matthew on his his blog. uh, John Stater had uh, a very influential to me, um, I guess it was a zine, but a uh, nod, uh, which was to me the first time I saw someone doing something similar to Wilderlands um, style exploration. Um, and so nod was a, being Judges Guild. Yeah, the Judges Guild Wilderlands. Um, setting um uh it's wilderlands wilderland is it yeah uh, no it is not it is wilderlands isn't that what uncle steve stop, said? stop <laughs> gaslighting me rick <laughs> anyway um 
So <laughs> I was I for me exploration is a huge part of the enjoyment of D&D and uh Nod uh took that and put it in a very uh sword and sorcery Conan style setting that I absolutely loved and it was just a giant each issue each issue is just another literally, hex crawl. literally giant each issue is like yeah. what, 80 90 120 pages yeah, and something you, know, like that. you can get these in PDF for like. By the way, we should probably mention uh, you can find Stater's work on Lulu. I know it's yep. available on Lulu. Yep. I think most of his stuff is also just, available on Drive Through. I just bought it on Drive Through, so yeah. yeah. The advantage of uh, Lulu is that you can get it, you know, both in print or PDF. Yes. I think now, well, with Drive Throughs. I think you can probably do it on both, but you can uh, definitely get I it think, in print. I think he uses on, the print f- I got just through Lulu. this nice hardbound book of Blood and Treasure Second Edition on Lulu, and uh, I'm thoroughly major happy kudos with for our sound effects team on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Shout um, out, Carlos did a great job. Uh, Thanks, Carlos. Yeah, uh, we need to get more of those saws so that we can like get the. You know, <laughs> saw sound in there somehow because that was always my favorite radio. So, so. We'll, we'll, I feel like we'll, it just we'll, derailed the conversation. Yeah, we'll do that in post. Darn it, Carlos! <laughs> all right, all right. Not, all right, so we've no di- we've discussed like who Mister Stater is. Um, of course, none of us personally know John. I've emailed him, but to the extent of John's one of those many guys that is cool enough to like if you buy one of his products on Lulu and you send him like proof of such. That uh, he will uh, send you the PDF uh, gratis. So nice, yeah. But and he responds quickly. So yeah. But he also has fantastic blog articles. I, I remember very early on reading a lot of his early blog articles. Big hex crawl guy. A lot. A, a very big on exploration and and if hex. If you like hex crawls, you definitely need to yeah. check out Nod. Yeah. So uh, Todd, would you keep it down? We're trying to talk here. So in Blood and Treasure, the, the first thing I noticed is uh, I I think you have, besides the the player's handbook, is there three core books? Um, I wouldn't say core, but uh, the second edition is divided into two, uh, I wouldn't say core books, in the sense that there's the rule book, which I've got here with me right now. And then there's also the uh, the monster book, and the monster book is simply the monster manual. And um, most of the <coughs> monsters, or all of the monsters, are available as playable races. Quite a few of them. That's one of uh, when we get to we're going to be talking about you know what it is that we really like about Blood and Treasure, and maybe something that we don't like. But uh, to give you a sneak preview, uh, the options as far as classes and and races are definitely one, um, you know, coming from DCC, which DCC goes out of its way to encourage you. It's like, you know, why can't you just pick from these seven? These seven can really be thought of, you know, uh, as if you really want to play a gladiator, just play a warrior. You know, if you really want to play illusionist just or a druid, just play, you know, a wizard or a cleric with uh, the choices of your spells kind of reflecting that. Not so much with Blood and Treasure. Blood and Treasure is like, if you want to play X, we will provide you with X. Yeah, and yeah. every class or race, no, every class in here is included with the text is an alternate for that. So not only is there the uh, uh, the duelist, but what was the alternate oh. for the duelist? 
Of course, now. Uh, I can't remember. Remember when I, I threw out my notes list. earlier? Yeah. That's where I'm suffering from right here. You should well, have submitted that to our research team Yeah. prior, yeah. and then they would hand you a note right now, and you could just read off of it what it says. Francois, you know. Francois. You're fired, dude. Um, so, but anyway, trust me when I say that every class has at least one alternate to go with it. And then, you know... Um, it's not like the classic seven. There's much more than that. And then there's a, they have their own version of the uh, Unearthed Arcana uh, where they really get into alternate races and alternate classes and brings it up into the triple digits. At least for races, maybe not for classes, but there's still, there is uh, an S-ton if you know what I'm talking about, of options as far as races and classes. So, <laughs> by the way, should we still say races? Are we gonna? Should we switch to heritages? Or I, you know, there's a definite trend towards removing the word race. Yeah. And using like heritage or I, I'm a fan of that genealogy I, or what? It, Uncle Steve wouldn't approve, but you know. True. It, so, so in our actual playtest adventure, we rolled up three characters using the two core books. And I was Horace the Friendly Troll. Uh, I think I did. Did I use... I think I might have gotten one of mine from the uh, their Unearthed Arcana book. They call it Exhumed Obscura or yeah, something like if that. If the 20 classes weren't enough for you in, yeah, in I the got core the, book, you can yeah, buy I got an the, entire the, book The Laser Mage, yeah. uh, which was one of my characters, who I named... Uh, ILM, I believe, or Pew Pew. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Pew Pew, yeah. 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 And, and you had a human laser mage? Human laser mage. And I had uh, Horace the Friendly Troll. Yep. Yeah. And James, you I had, had a human duelist. A human duelist. Oh, no, it was a halfling. It was uh, a halfling. Halfling duelist, yeah. yes. Halfling duelist, and yeah. And we went into the Minotaur Caves of the Caves of Chaos. Uh, I hope we're not spoiling the Keep on the Borderlands for anyone. Uh, I think there's a statue of limitations, like on some things, like King Kong. You you don't get to say how how like the the the, the giant ape dies at the end. By oh, the way, oh yeah, spoiler oh, alert. Too soon. Is a sled. Yeah. Too yeah. soon. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would tend to think the demographic that would be listening to this show, it would be. Uh, well, let's have everybody write in and Todd, let us know if they have played Keep on the Borderlands. The show. And if we get a, <laughs> you know, someone to write in that say, guys, I'm in the middle of this right now. Don't spoil anything for me. Uh, you know, we won't tell them what Bree Yark really means. You know, <laughs> so there's been a lot of studies done about this that knowing something about a thing ahead of time doesn't actually increase or decrease <laughs> the enjoyment of that thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so back to our adventure. Uh RPG, whatever. Oh, no. You, yeah, we yeah, are the, literally the talking about the adventure. So yeah. uh, since I was able to basically roll up a troll <laughs> and we had a laser mage with us, uh, yeah. we made short work of the Minotaur Caves. Uh, it was actually... It was. I think it was. I think it was a little closer than you recall. I mean, it was... Had the the troll not failed its save, yeah. the laser mage uh, is essentially uh, a wizard that focuses on the light spell and has found a way to like 
really branch off on the basic light spell and do things that like duplicate the effects of say color spray or right. you know at higher levels you can actually do damage with it at first level i was not able to do damage with it but i was able to cast color spray and that color spray thing i think changed the tide of that battle pretty much i think yeah. we might have gotten at least one of us would have died had that troll not fade the field yeah because we were not surprised nope. and we won initiative yes if we had lost initiative, uh, so potentially if we would have been surprised and have lost initiative, two party members could have been dead before our party sure. acted. Especially the way that I roll. <laughs> I, it, it reminded me a lot of DCC, uh, again, uh, in that... High it, praise. It, yeah, high, high praise. In that... Uh, it's very swingy. Um, I it 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 is definitely an OSR game in that uh, I'm not going to say no attention was paid to balance because I'm sure uh, Dave, you know, play tested things and and or maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Um, but it was clear that the class options were there to have fun, not necessarily to for everything to be equal and everyone's damage to fall within, you know, some kind of bell curve. Um, you know, there were, at least with the duelist class, you know, I immediately saw like, oh, I see, there's a combo here. You can parry, and every time you parry, you get an additional plus two to your armor class. Right. And uh, so that ups your armor class, and you can also goad someone into attacking you. So, like, oh, you know, I can see the duelist is, you know, a tank uh, in right. that, in that, you know, I'm just forcing people to attack me, and I'm hard to hit. Like, so, so, and beyond all the options, uh, uh, the, the class and race options, the core of the game is really recognizable to anyone that's played any version of Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very similar. All, you know, I think all the sacred cows are there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't think of anything where, I mean, the, na throws. the names are pretty much the same too. Uh, right. Did not like where DCC chose to call dexterity agility yeah. and, and that and introduce luck. Yeah. Uh, not so much with Blood and Treasure. It's it's instantly recognizable. It, it, it It's very compatible with older editions also. Like, you have that going for you in that you could, you know, run a, a, a BX module with Blood and Treasure, and I don't think you would have to do any conversion no, at no, all other so. than maybe ascending, de descending armor class, right? So, Rick, you... you but other, th other than our, our rather short and limited playtests that we did, you ran a whole evening session, correct? Uh, yeah, it was one of those nights when you couldn't make it for our uh, bi-weekly AD&D game. AD &D I was probably first at a concert. Edition. Yeah, um, yeah, imagine that. Uh, so uh, I'd been itching to run, so I think I had found a uh, haunted house um, uh, module or something like that that I wanted to run. And uh, so all our regulars showed up, uh, plus I think, uh, you know, the Vances, Daniel and Carmen were there. Uh, I'm going to be like the name drop guy, yeah, I've decided. Yeah, you should I, drop the I Vances' think, names yeah, well, more I, often I, I mentioned they're fantastic people. I meant they are. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, Corey last yeah. time, so yeah. uh, I'm going to drop the, the Vances this time. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> 
And I think we had it. We didn't even come close to finish it, but that wasn't a reflection of the system. That was a reflection of me and my time management skills. But um, I think it was first level characters. Uh, I remember. Uh, I think it was Daniel that played the duelist. So the duelist mm-hmm. was represented there. We really didn't dive deep into like the crazy. Uh, I did pregens to speed things up. So there weren't a lot of the alternates from the Exhumed Obscura uh, where we could get into like where you can play like uh, Planet of the Ape type characters. You can play orangutans and chimps and gorillas. Nice. Uh, you can play uh, various ra- uh, races, uh, various heritages based on uh, mythology from like the like the Norse mythology or Finnish mythology or. Egyptian mythology, or you name it. There's just so many options, but we we kept to what was essentially right here in the classic rule book, um, but still had so many choices. Uh, I think it went over well. Um, and to to touch upon a little bit of uh, maybe what I don't like about Blood and Treasure, and it's a it's a minor dislike, but I think there's a their their task system. I think. It just doesn't feel intuitive to me. Um, this so, is for like non-combat tasks yeah, and so forth. I don't it, think it came up during our very. I was brief, gonna say because we went right into combat. Tell me what this ta- is. This a, a replacement don't for put me on the skills, spot, James? Yeah. Tell because more, I right? had my book open to it, yeah. and then when I, to to knock on the cover, I shut the book, and now I'm like flipping pages. So. Why don't one of you guys like yeah, talk so, for a second while I'm uh, looking sure. for what I was talking about? The task thing I'm interested to find out, but like one of the things that I liked and disliked about the book, uh, I liked that there was cool exploration rules and some of the hex exploration stuff that's in Nod is in that. What I didn't like is there wasn't enough of that. I felt like uh, the core book suffers from the same thing that a lot of games. Um, do in that when you provide lots of character options, uh, that means there is a lot of write-up that goes into spells specifically. So the spells, just like any other core book, the spells take up two-thirds of the book. Um, and then, you know, uh, towards the end of the book, you know, the author realizes, oh, shoot, I still have to add content for Dungeon Masters. And so the exploration uh, stuff, I think, each got maybe 10 pages or maybe 10 pages whole wilderness and dungeon. Uh, and uh, I know that um, from reading Nod that um, Dave has a lot of really cool things to add there, and I wish I wish we could have seen them. So maybe in the future a Dungeon Master book, uh, you know, would be really cool to see. Um, but, you know, the core book, it was very brief and light on uh, Dungeon Master details. It felt like a very player-oriented um, book, which is probably great. Like you're a lot, a lot of players are going to buy the book. You're going to sell more books. Totally makes sense. Um, but I would have liked to have seen more Dungeon Master content. That's just me. So, so as far as likes and dislikes, I really like. I, 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 one of the things I like the most about this game is the amount of decisions or choices for the player character. There, there is just a near unlimited amount of combinations. And we didn't even use, uh, he does reintroduce, or not reintroduce, but he does include, for those who want them, feats. Uh, just oh, like right. third edition feats. But 
with the and the, this is a big butt too. Um, big butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he removes all the uh, suboptimal choices. That's uh, probably discussion for another show, but you know, I don't think anybody really liked those. And he only keeps the ones that you can like pre- pretty much ex- explain in a sentence or so. Right. There's no page full entries for like some meta magic uh, feat. It's just the simple ones, like and the ones that are really beneficial, like the the improved initiative one, except um, I don't think he chose to call it that, but those type of feats, you know, that just like go to where, so if I want to make a human fighter and Jamos want to make a human fighter, they can still be quite a lot of differences based on those options. But they're they're easy to leave off too, as we did with our little play test. So, so as I was saying, my favorite thing about this game, it, and the reason I would... Uh, uh, suggest it or recommend it to certain people are the the vast number of class and race options the just amazing amounts of stuff yeah. uh, so the thing that I you dislike that was mine yeah you just <laughs> the took thing, mine the thing that I dislike the most about this game is the vast amount of class <laughs> and race yeah. options yeah. and it gets bogged it, it could get bogged down in to how obscure of a class and race option could I get so as a player in a one shot the idea of me and be, being able oh, yeah. to sit down yeah. and play Horace the friendly troll as a player character was so much fun but if I were how much did you have to sort through to, to, to find the ca- character you wanted to play there right, right? yeah but from a game master standpoint, yeah, uh, I would have a hard time justifying a world in which trolls and dwarves and you know lizard men are sitting together in a bar hanging out. It's Star Wars. It's called Star Wars. Yeah, this is. The, uh, I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the. I I love the Star Wars cantina scene, but. I, and I think Uncle Steve would. Uh, I, would he disagree with me on this, or did you talk to Uncle Steve about this? Because I have a problem with the uh, Star Wars cantina scene in my role-playing games a little bit. I, I like a little more focus on the world. If I'm the one running the game, I, I like to be able to justify how things work, hmm. which. As we go on with the podcast and cover, I think this is a games. taste thing for sure. Like, yeah. like, and and I definitely see, you know, and maybe this is a generational thing. I'll, I'll, I'll as the as the uh, okay, I'm non boomer. Yeah, I'm not a Gen Xer, by the way. I'm a Zennial. So uh, anyway, um, that's what disenchant. We've already done. We've already done the bio episode. Yeah. So you know. Anyway, I, I think it. I think it. It kind of comes down to you know. I if you look at D and D through the ages, like there, that's more of a thing now than it was. Like right. old school D and D, definitely. Like yeah, if if a lizard man walked into town, he would get murdered, right? Like and but now we have like tieflings and dragonborn and and you know some people like that, some people like that it, it seems to be popular now so you know this would be a good option for that uh one of the things that 
was interesting to me is the name of the book is Blood and Treasure, right? So like there this book has to do two things. <laughs> there has to be blood <laughs> and there has to be treasure, right? So uh the book spins around 200 pages or so on character options uh and it spends about 50 pages on treasure and like a little 10 page or 20 pages or so on dungeon master stuff so definitely it treats treasure pretty well 50 pages of, of treasure options is a lot uh but yeah it's it's heavy and because of the, the nature of the game options. where you don't require like a full fourth of a page to describe one item. I mean, yeah. so they can fit tons of yeah, items. Yeah, there's a lot of treasure in there. In there. So, so they, yeah, they, they, they come through on the treasure part. So, so Dave accomplishes or what he, he sets out to do uh, in that there is a lot of things to enable combat in player options and, and combat-oriented stuff. It has rules for mass combat. And treasure. It has yeah. rules for an end game as far as like building strongholds and that it, kind of thing. And the combat can be fast and lethal to go along with the blood part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. it would be fairly oh, it easy was to TPK one's yeah. mom in a game like Blood and Treasure. Right, yeah. If I was, run- if I was running uh, a game for my Hashtag mom... TPK your mom. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think that she, you know, would do very well because she would have lots of options. Um, but it's, it's, it's a very swinging system, so I could see yeah, a TPK yeah, screw Uncle Steve. We should just, like, what would James's mom think about it? <laughs> yeah, so what would James's mom think? I think she would be maybe a little hesitant to play, uh, considering his... History. Are you projecting on James's mom? <laughs> well, <laughs> considering his history of trying to murder her in role-playing <laughs> games, if blood is right there in the title of the game, <laughs> she might be a little gun-shy. Well, James's mom is OSR, OSR to the core. Well, that's true. She, she, she has been playing. She, she lost know, a couple characters. Yeah, it's not right. going to be point, like, good point. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So what about Uncle Steve? Would you say uh, he would be into this game? I don't think Uncle Steve uh, would hand, like. He Uncle doesn't Steve like a laser mage, and he's good. Like I think, yeah, I think but he doesn't like ascending AC. You know, he's he's old school to the core. He so would grumble gonna, about the whole time, gonna, but you know, uh, but uh, I think you could sit him down and like he'd play, and he might grumble about it, but he'd enjoy it. I don't think he'd run it. Listen, but that's his loss because it's a great game. So, so a, a, a poly, polyester tunic and a laser mage and Steve, Uncle Steve would be good, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Todd completely stole what I was going to say as far as like the, my favorite thing about it because my favorite thing is indeed, uh, and it's such a change of pace from DCC, uh, are the wealth of options as far as classes and races, it I call this the the Dragon Magazine, uh, the old Dragon Magazine RPG in the sense that like in my day back in like around I think my first issue was forty two, uh, Dragon could always be counted on to have oh like here's like a new class or here's like a new race and most of them were intended for NPCs but we all played them like they were like. PC races, so the anti-paladin and um, and all that kind of stuff, um, and this one so delivers so hard on uh, in that area. Um, my least favorite thing, uh, I think I was gonna reference it before I, I realized I'd dropped the page, was uh, the non-combat task, and 
uh, I'm going to have to, you're going to have to brace yourself for this, Todd, because I know this might be near and dear to your heart. But it kind of reminds me of Castles and Crusades. <laughs> the way they do their... Uh, Blasphemer. Non- uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, and I, I like Castles and Crusades. I just don't like it the way you like Castles and Crusades. Todd really likes Castles um, and Crusades. The way they do their, uh, their non-combat tasks is you essentially, you pick a relevant ability, be it strength, dexterity, whatever, and you make a roll, and if you roll 18 or higher with your modifiers, you succeed. Um, that seems difficult. Wait, so if you roll 18 that, or higher? That high? essentially is the siege engine, is it not? But and if, it, you're, if, if, it's you're, uh, if you're skilled, I think uh, you know it's, it's somewhat lower. Um, hmm. It very much reminds me of like the siege engine from, uh, you know, featured classically in in castles and crusades it's an interesting take i mean skill systems have been done to death and that's definitely uh a novel one i haven't seen but but to give to give the game credit no sooner have you read that than there's a skill point optional entry where you can choose to use skill points (laughs) tons of options in the system tons of options on all things so uh so when we get to castles and crusades i will talk about how much i love that Okay. I'm sure so, you will. As a side note, uh, issue number 58 was the first Dragon Magazine that I bought off the shelf. 42 it has a mine. gnome and a young lady on the cover. I think the gnome is riding like a toad or something. I can't remember. Ooh. I'll have to look it up. 42 has a skeleton leaning up against a tree, um, you know, in, in uh, an armored skeleton leaning oh. up against a tree. I do know okay. that, that cover. Yeah. All right. So I made a discovery as we were talking. October to, 1980. Uh, we were talking about like how much how, how much options humma, there are. Humma, humma, humma. Uh, how many options there are in this book? And one of the things that I just was flipping through because I was looking for cool DM content to talk about. Uh, there is a science optional system. You can turn this into Gamma World. Oh, uh, uh, so yeah. so there is um, rules for old uh, Gamma World style artifact checks. Yes, with a flowchart. Yes. Um, so that was you know whether you're a fan or not a fan of that, uh, it's there. Uh, and also there are mutations. Uh, so, and you know it's three or four pages worth of um, you know science fantasy. I challenge anybody to buy this and say, you know, there's just not enough there for me. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. There yeah. is a ton packed in this book, uh, and it accomplishes it in what, um, 200, uh, uh, 260 page, 260 pages? Yeah. So, <laughs> And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that some of those options as far as races and classes include uh, ones that would be traditionally thought of as science fiction or post-apocalyptic. Yeah. Yeah, it, it like definitely has a 70s... Like well, the la- it could be well, the Laser Mage is yeah. one of those, you know, science fantasy. Yeah. But as I recall, there was, a, I think there's a classic Flash Gordon type, yep. you know, science fiction adventures complete with Ray Gun. Yeah. So, nice. You know, yeah. that's there. I already mentioned the, the Planet of the Apes. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love uh, the implied setting, which is just like 70s weird. Gonzo. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the word gonzo uh, in that I don't think it's, like, crazy. I think it's, it's like, 70s weird science fiction, right? Like, it's... Weird, crazy. Yeah. Gonzo. 
I when I think of Gonzo, I think of Gonzo journalism, which is I think of the blue guy in the Muppet Show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, yeah, yeah. So shooting your character out of a cannon is a thing that maybe you could do in this system for sure. So yeah, maybe that that works. We need to try that in our next play test. Yeah, uh, shooting someone out of a cannon. Yeah. So uh, I've got just the person. (laughs) It's always the halfling. It's always the halfling. Uh, so that's a print. Uh, it's available on print on demand in hardback. Is it available in paperback as well? I don't believe so. Just no. hardback. But it's 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 uh, very reasonably priced. Uh, full color covers, uh, black and white interiors. Yeah. It looks the, the type, artwork. The typeface is, is great. I love it. Uh, it. You know, you're going to recognize many of the artists if you uh, if you if you tend to buy OSR books and materials you'll recognize some of these artists uh, it's not like the product of one artist like the way that uh, castles and crusades uh, tends to what is that gentleman's name todd uh, put you on the spot bradley something yeah yeah something bradley but uh i i overall i like the, the two core books when you put them side by side the color covers blend to make you know one Landscape engine, oh, cool. which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, the, um, the 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 artwork gives me this like '70s comic book sort of quality. Which, yeah, uh, like '70s X Men for some reason. Sure, I, um, I that I absolutely love. Uh, it hits the nostalgia button for me. Yeah, I like it quite a bit. Um, now the other hardbacks that he's like, there's a second monster book that has a very drastically different art style on the cover, but I think mm. it was supposed to capture, like, where the other book was the monster manual. This is the Fiend Folio. Just right. like the Fiend Folio had a very drastic uh, art style than the original monster manual did. For so, the record, uh, so Peter, Peter Bradley is Peter the Bradley. Castles and Crusades artist. Hey, Peter, if you're a listener, thanks, man. We appreciate your work. It's, I'm a big uh, fan. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, so... <laughs> For I real, just, I, I mean, just named the it the, append, the appendix uh, at the end of of this book actually is one of my favorite things about the book. Also, there's uh, appendix uh, A through. We discussed we'd all have F. one favorite, and no, you're, there's you're so claiming many favorites. Multiples. There's you so can't many favorites. Podcast. Well, okay, yeah. so if I have to claim my one favorite, it's welcome appendix, to the James Show. It's along appendix with Todd D. and Rick. This is the D50 Shades <laughs> of D&D Toddcast, so Todd, you can't take over like that. You need, yes, you, you need can't it, take yeah. over like that. Yeah, that's that's. I'll impressive. remind you that last episode was the Osric episode. Yeah, so that's that's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, All right, but we we've horribly interrupted you. Uh, what what was it you liked about the appendix? I, the appendix D uh, specialty mages. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So so the this. The system Which does not include the laser mage, by the it way. It does not, but it does include my favorite, even better than the laser mage, oh, the Discomancer. <laughs> <laughs> the Discomancer specializes in spells of light and sound and that's a few what, freak out spells as well. That's what Uncle C <laughs> wouldn't like. He wouldn't like the sense of humor that's, oh. that's clearly within, but I, I do like it. And like, like everything about the book, if you don't care for that, you can just ignore it. Yeah, I'd rather so have the options and not I use them it. than not have the options. Please tell me, since that character class is listed, please tell me that roller skates are on the equipment list. Oh, I don't see I don't it. It should be, but I would, I would make that ruling for sure. Yeah. yeah. We need roller skates. Ruling, ruling over rules. Uh, I would make that ruling. What else do we need to talk about, Todd? 
So, let's say, for instance, uh, you weren't actually playing Blood and Treasure. You were just mining it for clever ideas. Uh, this is the, you know, Rick's Thieves Guild section of the program in which we talk about things that we might want to steal to use in other games. Uh, and I guess I would say that by it, it says how to turn a lot of the monster races into mm. character, yeah. you know, character options, which, although not a huge fan of running a long running campaign in which all of them are always an option, uh, grabbing select handfuls that really fit the theme of your campaign is definitely a worthwhile thing to mine blood and treasure for. Plus, 50 pages of treasure? Come on. I'm sure there are magic items in there that you could port over into another system. Absolutely. And there's... That's one of my favorite things is to take a magic item or a spell from one game and slide it over to a, another. Absolutely. Yeah, there there's so much to grab from the treasures section. Yeah. How about you, James? Uh, what would you s- stick in your pocket and sneak out the door? The disco mancer for sure. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, probably some of the novel systems, like just looking at this artifact system, it's I I think I want to try it out in a game. It looks pretty good, um, and it's simple. Um, as much as I like, kind of said, you know, it's light on DM content. What I'll say is, um, Dave managed to write very um, concisely. Uh, and get a lot of little systems into the book. Who is Dave? Uh, sorry, David Stater, right? John. No. John. Dave. Ah. Dave's not here. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. Dave's not here. Um, yeah, I'm terrible with names. This is going to be a thing. You know, the bad thing, we're going to be name dropping people throughout the yeah. podcast, but we're going to be dropping the wrong names. Yeah. 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 And yeah. people will be like, who's that? And they'll think that we have yeah. this obscure knowledge of these yeah. game icons that nobody we'll talk knows. about we'll talk about dave's game next episode dave, that's dave's, right okay oh okay dave dave Grohl. does he have a game if um, he did i'm he, sure we would all play, dave play it Grohl yeah. is so cool you know he has a game <laughs> anyway um yeah, so I would steal some of these little systems. The the mutations and, and artifact check system seems interesting. The skill system I would be willing to try, though I don't typically feel like I am the type of dungeon master that likes skill systems. Um, There's so many little subsystems in this game and options that is rife for stealing. Oh, yeah, and so. speaking of that, I looked it up. The Duelist does have an alternate, like a variation. It's the Marksman. So where the duelist is like the master of the sword or like the single-handed weapon, the marksman is the master of the ranged weapon. So So it sounds like we can have Dazzler and Hawkeye in our party. Yes. Yes. Very cool. Is there a superhero game option available? Because I'm starting to feel John Stater did do a a superhero game called uh, Mystery Men. And uh, 
anybody that's familiar with old school Dungeons and Dragons will familiar be familiar with the the rule set that he built it upon. Um, I think his uh, philosophy was like in the uh, especially with the spells. There's already an idea of how Gary and Dave might have done it, as far as like you know, there's a lightning bolt spell. So if you're Superhero is the one that can throw lightning bolts from his fingers or so forth. The, the, the rules or the idea is probably there, and he just built upon that. Um, it's a clever little game, and is it uh, in, I have any, both the first and second edition. Is it in any way related to one of the greatest superhero movies of all time? It just shares the name. Okay. But uh, I'm sure it would be fairly easy to, uh, to model you know, the shoveler or, uh, so that would, would that be a, a duelist with a shovel instead of a, no, now you're thinking of, uh, now you're thinking of, but you're mixing up your John Stater games. There's, there's no duelist in, uh, in mystery men, but there could be, Okay, you just have to do the work. There's not a shoveler character class. There is not yet. Well, I don't know with how many, like 35, 40 issues of nod. There might be one in there somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna count it out. Yeah, John is very prolific. Um, yeah. Unlike Dave. Unlike Dave. Yeah. Dave needs to get off his ass and do something. Yeah. 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 Dave. Dave. It's, you suck. We want to see your game. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, if if we ever meet in person, if there's any other human being or non-human being listening to this, uh, I will get your name wrong. Dave uh, has sorry. been working on his own home game. <laughs> Since him and Steve were in the fifth grade. Ooh. Ooh, I like this rivalry we're building. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so I, I, I think we've kind of uh gotten through everything that we want to get through. Is that that correct? Yeah, this was a this was a chatty episode. We, yeah. We we chatted a lot. Uh so I guess it's time for us to sign off from the Splendiferous Gateway Games Studios. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, I will leave you with uh, never split the party. Oh, the, the advice, the good advice, Dwarf. I'm I'm losing control already. It's yeah. the donut. It's the donut. So your blood when sugar. your game store is yeah. next to a fabulous donut shop, yeah, you know Marcello's you get a little bit donuts. of a sugar yeah. a sugar high when recording your podcast. And I don't eat sugar very often. So, good advice. Dwarf says, never split the party. Never fire into melee. <laughs> Listen and check for traps. That Pickle. pause Picklocks. probably just got us killed, James. <laughs> that's that's my job. And that's just get the first two and you'll probably be okay. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>